the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Sean Azaro, the pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And today we continue in the series on the Spirit-Filled Life as prayer has always been central since the early days of the church in the second chapter of Acts. But today, in our busy scientific world, have we lost some of the power that prayer provides? Get ready to dive into the Word and explore why prayer is vital and what it means to pray in the Spirit. It's part two of a message called Living a Life of Spirit-Filled Prayer. As Pastor Sean is in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it's time for Real Life Radio. The Spirit-Filled Life is a life of Spirit-Filled Prayer. A second thing, and now this is where we really get down into this idea of praying in the Spirit. Spirit-Filled Prayer is not just praying to the Spirit, but praying in the Spirit. That's a very interesting distinction. It's not just praying to the Spirit. He says pray in the Spirit. That's a very different idea, isn't it? Pray in the Spirit. I wonder if this is why prayer can sometimes feel boring or uneventful. Have we turned it to a one-sided conversation? We're praying to the Spirit, but we're never praying in the Spirit. I'm not saying we can't talk to God, we can't talk to the Spirit. I'm, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, is there something else? What does it mean to pray in the Spirit versus just praying to the Spirit? I think to understand it one way, you can turn it, flip it around and think of, okay, well, we were spirit, we, we got spirit, and then we got flesh. What's praying in the flesh look like? That might help shed some light on it. You know, James told us in James chapter 4, beginning at verse 2, he says, you desire and you don't have, so you murder. You covet and you cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. He's talking about the flesh that wants what I want right now. He says, you do not have because you do not ask. In other words, you cut God out of it. You don't ask. He's talking about prayer. But then in verse 3, listen to what he says. He says, you ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Another translation says to spend it on your, or to consume it on your lusts. You adulterous people. What he means is unfaithful. Don't you know that friendship of the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Verse 5, or do you suppose it's to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit he has made to dwell in us? You ask, you don't receive because you ask wrongly. I wonder if praying in the flesh is this idea that it's all about me, because that's what the flesh is all about. Me first, me first, me first. I want, I want. So I turn prayer into an occasion for the flesh. God, I want. God, I need. God, do for me. God, I'm, I want it and I want it now. I claim it, I name it, whatever, whatever. I've just turned prayer, instead of a spiritual interaction with the spirit, I've turned it into a gimme, gimme, I want. It's mine. I've, I've stopped interacting with the Holy Spirit, who is God's presence in me, the creator resident in me, and I've started interacting with a genie in a bottle. 
And, you know, maybe if I can get some kind of special prayer promises or say it a certain way or listen to this guy's tape series or CD series and rub the genie bottle differently, then I can manipulate God into doing what I want. See, whenever it's all about me and what I want, what that means is it is in the flesh. So I think if we flip that around, so what then is praying in the spirit? Flip over to Romans chapter 8. I want you to see it. And I know we've been in Romans 8 every week. Well, maybe we'll continue. I don't know. There's a lot of great stuff on the spirit-filled life in Romans 8. Romans 8, verse 22. Listen to what he says. Paul writes, he says, We know the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the spirit, we groan inwardly as we... Wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Do you know what that's talking about? you know what that groaning is like? Um, have you watched the news over the last few months and found yourself going, what is going on? God, help us. What's happening in this world of ours? That sense that, God, this isn't what you created us for. God, this is not your design. That, that groaning, that's what he's talking about. That sense of we have the spirit. I know God has something different, but yet here's what I'm watching happen right in front of me. What's going on in the world around us? That's the groaning he's talking about. Verse 24, he says, for in this hope we were saved. Hope that there's something different, something more. Now, hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he sees. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. And then he says, likewise, in other words, in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. In other words, in this time of being torn, of saying God wants something else, but this isn't it. The spirit helps us in our weakness. Listen, for we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Have you ever, when you watch that news or you've seen those situations or you know this family that's just fallen apart or a person who you care about, whose life is being destroyed and you just... I don't even know how to pray for that. That's what he's saying. He's saying, you don't always know how to pray. He says, but the Spirit does. And he will intercede for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who, listen, he who searches hearts knows what the mind, knows what is the mind of the Spirit. Because the the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And listen to verse 28. And we know that those who, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose. Do you know? I find it interesting. That's one of the most quoted passages in the Bible. All things work together for good. All things work together for good. Those who love God, called according to His purpose, and that's one of the favorite promises in Scripture. Nobody ever stops to pay attention to the fact that twenty-eight always comes after twenty-six and twenty-seven. Okay, that's just math. Right? It's just going to be that way. Twenty-eight is the result of 26 and 27 of us learning to let the Spirit partner with us, intercede for us, and operate in prayer. And then 28 is the promise that comes for those who learn to pray in the Spirit. See, he he points out, obviously, we don't know how to pray, and that's just a fact, folks. There's some things where we look at it and think, wow, this should happen, or I wish this would happen, I wish these people would get this straightened out, or they'd figure this out. And God may have something very different going on. He says, we don't know how to pray. And, and what's interesting is that's okay because we have a prayer partner. I want to suggest one of the reasons our prayer life is so pedantic and, and just sometimes boring and 
lacking is because we're treating it as a one-side kind of monologue instead of truly letting the Spirit begin to pray in and through us. The partner the partnership with the Spirit that we're created for. It's more than just a tutor. He doesn't just teach us how to pray. He prays in, with, and through us. He intercedes for us. He intercedes through us. So the question is, how do I see prayer? How do you see prayer? Do we see it as a list? Okay, I've got to go before God because I need some things taken care of and I've got to bring them before God and talk to them. Or do we see it about this, I'm going to go engage with the Spirit, a partnership? How do I view it? We're going to actually talk about how to pray in this partnership at the end of the message. But I just want to say, suffice for right now to say, um, we need to learn to let him lead us in prayer. That's a key to transforming our prayer life into something significant. Lead, uh, learn to let him pray with us and pray for us. The spirit-filled life is a life of spirit-filled prayer. A third very important idea that we just read, actually, is that spirit-filled prayer moves me beyond praying for what I want to praying for what he wants. Huge, huge idea. It moves me from praying just for what I want to praying for what he wants. That's what verse 27 said. He who searches hearts knows what the mind, what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Do you understand how powerful that is? How catalytic spiritually. That idea of praying the will of God, of aligning myself with him. That's what he says he'll do. Paul writes about this idea a little bit in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning at verse 9. He said, as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor no ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. Look at that sweeping language. Don't ever forget how big, how awesome, how mystical this faith of ours is. He says, verse 10, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. You want to know God? You want to know the depths? Good news. His Spirit resides in you and wants to teach you and reveal those things to you. For who knows a person's thoughts? This is an illustration. Except the Spirit of the person who's in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Understand that. And this is Verse 14, very important. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. They are folly or foolishness to him. He's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Do you understand is that if you begin living and walking the Spirit-filled life, the natural part of you, actually, interesting, the flesh, the natural part of you isn't going to understand it. There's going to be times when you look at things and go, God, you want that? Are you kidding me? And definitely don't expect your family members who are not followers of Christ, who are not spirit-filled. Don't expect your neighbor. Don't expect your co-workers who have no... They don't make any claims to follow Christ. They don't make claims to be spiritual people. Don't expect them to understand. Don't expect them to applaud or approve. In fact, if people who have no idea who Jesus is, have no affinity with the Spirit, if they approve and applaud and understand everything you do, you have a problem. Because chances are, you're because this, what Paul is saying is the natural person doesn't accept them, can't accept them, because they seem like foolishness. Because he doesn't hear the voice of the Spirit. He doesn't understand. It's completely different. 
And let's take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, in this message called Spirit-Filled Prayer, in a series called Spirit-Filled Life, as found on our sermon page at reallife.org. If you're looking for a new church home, well, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. And now the conclusion to the message, Spirit-Filled Prayer. This is Radio for Real Life. Verse 15, the spiritual person judges all things, but by himself is judged by no one. Listen, for who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind. Of Christ. Do you understand what an amazing gift has just been dumped in our lap through the Spirit? The actual mind of Christ. This, and more than anything else, I think will radically transform our prayer life. Imagine as I walk through the days, as I walk through my life and my days, and I begin to pray with the mind of Christ instead of just with the mind of me. Okay, so just what I want. But I begin to pray with the mind of Christ. And, and what that means is I begin to pray, see a situation at work, a coworker who there's an issue with or something. Instead of just going, God, man, fix them, make them more like me, then everything will be great. Instead of doing that, maybe I go, God, what's your heart for them? What do you want to see? Lord, give me the mind of Christ. Spirit, will you show me how to pray for them? Because I'm not sure. Issue with your kids. Parents is a powerful thing with your kids. We think we know exactly what they should do. Well, maybe, maybe not. You know you can pray for your kids. Lord, give me the mind of Christ. You, I, you, you, your spirit is in me. I can have the mind of Christ. That's what your word says. So, Lord, I want your mind for them. I want to pray your will, what you desire for my kids. For the situations in my life. It's powerful. Lord, I want to see what you see. I want to hear what you hear. And then I want to pray accordingly. What happens if I find myself like Jonah, though? If I end up like Jonah? And it's like, I, wait, the mind of Christ, I don't like that. I like the mind of me better. Because Jonah, I mean, he learned what God wanted him to do, but he didn't want to do that. Am I going to have to be dumped off a boat and swallowed by a fish to actually figure this whole thing out? Jonah was. I wonder if we begin to really pause, seek the mind of the Spirit, seek the mind of Christ before we even start praying. I wonder if I'm going to be praying really differently. I wonder if some of these things that I look at and I go, I, I, I don't even know. I wonder if there will be a different kind of clarity. Lord, how do you want me to pray? I mean, God, how do you want me to pray about this upcoming election? 
And God's like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm only God, please. I, you guys messed this up. You got to clean that mess up. I, I mean, but seriously, I mean, th- think about praying for that. Because in the, in the natural, I, I, I'm just going to be honest, it, it kind of looks like bad and worse, okay? That, those are my options, okay? In the ballot, it should just say bad and worse. That's who we can vote for. What if instead, what if I just say, Lord, what are you doing? Because you're God. How do you want me to pray? Forget voting for a second. How do you want me to pray for this nation? By the way, has God ever worked through bad and worse? Yeah, he has. Lord, what are you doing? Do you understand the power in this kind of prayer? I get to seek the mind of God knowing that his spirit is resident in me and he promises to reveal it. That will radically change my prayer life. Moves me beyond praying in the spirit. Moves me beyond praying for what I want to praying for what he wants. The spirit-filled life is a life of spirit-filled prayer. And last thing, and this is so transformative, I want you to hear this. Spirit-filled prayer taps into the power of God in a very unusual way. Spirit-filled prayer. Praying in the Spirit taps into the power of God. Remember, we did a prayer series a while back, and I talked about you know, a lot of different things, but there's a passage, I read three or four of those teachings. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Okay, everybody should have this one marked. Everybody should know this. It says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. That's an amazing promise for those who will learn to pray in the spirit and pray according to the will of the spirit that wants to partner with us. I mean, there's so much frustration when it comes to the issue of prayer. That's another reason people kind of, well, prayer, have you ever had someone say, it doesn't work? You know, like it's something they ordered on Amazon and they want to send it back. It doesn't work. I hope there's a warranty because it doesn't work. Prayer doesn't work. Well, it doesn't work the way you want it to work. But I guess that's why it's prayer, okay? Because you're not God. If we will learn to pray in partnership, let the Spirit pray through us. Learn to pray in the Spirit. It is going to change radically the way we pray. If we ask anything according to his will, and the Spirit promises to enable us to pray according to his will. You want to see things happen in prayer? Begin to pray in the Spirit. You want to see power when you pray? Pray in the Spirit. There is power in spiritual prayer. See, that's why the spiritual life is a life of spiritual prayer. God wants this for us, folks. I'm telling you, we've talked about how, it's, you know, it's, we've got to quit phoning it in. We've got to quit just going through the motions in the context of this faith of ours. We've, it's got to be something real. God wants to do something for this fellowship that maybe we've never seen before. But what I'm saying is the pathway that you walk, you want to walk the spiritual life? It is the pathway of spirit-filled prayer. Now, as I wrap up, obvious question. Okay, and I want to give you some practical tips, at least things that have, have worked in my life, that, and this is an area I'm still growing in and trying to discover new depths in myself. Okay? How do I begin to pray in the Spirit? Okay, instead of just praying to the Spirit or just bringing my lists. Okay? And, you know, again, I'm not saying don't bring your requests or your lists to God. Don't, I'm not saying that. 
I'm just saying there's a whole lot more. We're going to go a whole lot deeper. How do I begin to pray in the Spirit? Well, I want you to write this down, okay? Write it down. If you've got the note paper, just find a spot, write it down. If you've got if your phones, pull it out. I'll know you're not texting and ignoring me, okay? I'll know you're taking notes. I want you to write this down. How do I begin to pray in the Spirit? Number one, begin with worship. And this is, just, this is for the purpose of getting your mind in the place of submission to the Spirit. We're, we're going to talk about Spirit-filled worship actually next week. But just suffice to say, worship is all about alignment. It's all about alignment, aligning myself with him. So you want to begin to pray in the Spirit? Align yourself just through worship. Just, and I'm not talking about hiring the band to come to your house and lead worship, okay? I'm talking about just start exalting the Lord. Lord, you are king. You are good. Start talking. God, I find you to be loving always. God, you are faithful. God, you are pure and holy. God, I love you. I thank you, God. You're so good. Just start exalting the Lord. Lift him up in your heart. It is amazing, the power of alignment. You know, because right away, that thing that you thought was God, that person is coming against you, that situation, yeah, all of a sudden, oh, it's not God. It's just a thing. It's just a person. God is God. So worship gets you in that place of, okay, it will bring you into that place of the Spirit. So just begin with worship. Second, um, as you exalt the Lord, as you worship, take note of what comes to mind. Take note of what comes to mind. Ask yourself what comes to mind and pray for that. Just start praying for that. In other words, we're going to trust that the Lord, as we begin to exalt him, as we seek to pray in the spirit, he actually, we're going to give him some input into what the agenda is. Instead of just coming, God, here's the list that we're going to talk about. We make the meeting notes. God, here's the, here's the kind of talking points. We, we go ahead and let the creator of all things, the Alpha and the Omega, have some input on the talking points. And I'm just saying, just Something comes to mind. It might be, well, I wanted to pray about this, and something else comes to mind. I'm like, Lord, really? Okay, I'm going to pray about that and let God do that. Uh, just a word of caution, beware the formulas, the prayer formulas. There's lots of them out there. And I'm not saying there, there aren't some that have been helpful. You know, some people pray the Lord's Prayer as like an outline, and there are certainly key elements that we're, he's teaching us to pray for. You know, I've, I've used the one myself many times, Acts, you know, A-C-T-S. The word acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication, okay, as a prayer guide, okay? And I'm not saying those are bad. I'm just saying put them aside for a little while if you really want to begin to pray in the Spirit because we're going to let him kind of lead us and interact with us, and we're going to make this relational. Number three, as you focus on an issue, as he brings something to mind or as something comes to mind that you're going to now begin to pray about, Rather than starting with a request, God, I'd like you to do this, simply meditate on that issue in God's presence for a little bit. In other words, don't jump right in. God, you need to do this. God, I pray for this. And, and, and nothing wrong with, with asking God to do things. I'm just saying you want to pray in the Spirit instead of just praying to the Spirit. Meditate on that issue in God's presence and ask him what his heart is for the situation. And as he begins to reveal his heart, pray towards that end. Start praying. When you begin to sense you're getting God's heart for the situation, now pray for that. And what's interesting is you may find uh, you're praying very differently than you thought you would pray for a situation. Those things where you thought, man, God needs to fix those people over there, da 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 and I'm going to pray for that. I'm going to pray God smite them, almighty smiter, you know. <laughs> Bruce Almighty quote. Instead, you find yourself praying very differently because you've got the heart of God. Now, here's the question. Do you trust him enough to pray that way? Do you trust him enough to maybe not just be able to kind of say, God, I want you to do this, but to say, God, I want to do what your heart 
is. Number four, if you sense that your heart and God's heart are in different places, invite him to change your heart. Invite him to change your heart. Because this is a part of, if you begin praying in the spirit, you're going to bump into some things where you go, wow, I do believe that's what God's heart is, and it is not what my heart is. That's not what I'm feeling. That's not even what I'm sure I want, because it's not fair, God, and they're this, or he's that, or she's that. When you begin to sense God's heart is different, ask him, invite him to change your heart. It's a very powerful prayer. And number five, um, sometimes you don't even know, you don't even have enough to start with there. Um, Just pray for God's will to be revealed and accomplished. You know, that's a prayer we can pray at any time. Pray for God's will to be revealed and accomplished. You know, it's from the Lord's Prayer. Lord, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is a very powerful prayer every single time. So if you're like, <laughs> this election, Lord, I have no idea. I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to think. I don't, I don't know any of it. It's okay to say, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done in America, in San Antonio, as it is in heaven. You can pray that. That's what Jesus wanted us to pray. And again, expecting that he's going to do that very differently than we would expect or think. You see, I believe praying in the Spirit is the key to changing this from that kind of boring exercise that maybe I discipline myself to do that kind of gets rote and redundant into something vibrant, electric, to where when you pray, it does seem like the place is being shaken because of the interaction with the presence and the Spirit of God. Prayer is not supposed to be a solo gig. Spirit intercedes for us. We don't know how to pray, but He leads us to pray. The very will, the very heart, the very mind of Christ. Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Radio for Real Life, and if you'd like to hear this full message called Spirit-Filled Prayer, it's available right now on demand when you find the sermon series on the Spirit-Filled Life at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, with service times on Saturday nights at 5 and Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Radio for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.